0: Hi, this is Amy Sciarretto from Adam's Litter PR, and you're listening to The Itch.
1: This is your number one station, your
0: you're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is
2: Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're scratching The Itch to debut what's essentially a new segment. Every week on the radio show, we do the flavor of the week where we bring in a new album and play four or five tracks from it, discuss it a little bit, and, and kind of give you, the listener, a chance to check it out. Obviously, we can't play all the tracks right here legally, but what we can do is bring Flavor of the Week to the podcast by discussing
1: a new album. So we brought one. So I was going to say a new segment to the podcast, maybe, but it's something that we've been doing on the radio show for quite some time.
2: That is true, but yes. I don't think there's that much overlap between the two audiences. So I always got to assume that whoever's listening, is their first time.
1: Agreed. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. And we also have to call attention to uh, the fact that our our release date has kind of changed for the time being, and
2: I don't know if it'll switch back or. or, uh... We've been discussing the idea of being a little more flexible with the release date rather than saying all new things will be on Tuesday. Right. Might be a Tuesday. It might be a Thursday. We might have something both if we're having a particularly energetic week and so
0: yeah well and just to kind of explain the reason why we did the mood ring interview on a thursday is because we were trying to get it out before or on the day of rockville festival so and then on top of that we were hoping to see point fest and we wanted to give ourselves enough time to see the show talk about it and then put it out there but the concert didn't happen so we didn't get to talk about it
2: it <laughs> so threw off our entire groove <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: so that's why you've heard some shortcuts and a f- few other things for the time being
2: so what we're hoping is that that will give us more flexibility to not have to rush stuff while also potentially giving you the listener more content like this <laughs> so yes. without without producing more work really that's what i'm excited about i I think we can do this guys (laughs)
1: yes so i'm excited to start talking about this album (laughs) all right what is the album introduce us so this week's flavor of the week is the new hailstorm album called back from the dead which was released on may 6th
0: this is their first new studio album since vicious in 2018 they've released a a stripped version of vicious in 2020 they released a reimagined ep in 2020 so they've done some stuff but they they didn't really release like a new album
1: yeah and honestly this was well needed uh because Yeah, yeah i was not a huge fan of reimagined at all and i think that's because vicious was okay in itself like I mean, it was a decent album, but it, it, it wasn't as I, I honestly like leading up to that album, I'd say that, that was the weakest album, and I still think it is probably their weakest album to date. I agree. And then the reimagined didn't really help it because you you're know. just like re like pushing your weakest album back at us in a different form, <laughs> even weaker yeah. now. Uh, so it, it, right? Yeah, This, this album was well needed, and I thought that. It was just the context of it was perfect. You know, it's the idea of it is exactly what we've kind of been thinking for the last like year or so. That we, I was, you know, we want to get back out there. We want to be with our rock family and see live concerts and just be do our thing again. The title track definitely leans into
2: that, definitely expresses a lot of that sentiment.
1: Well, a couple of songs actually. Yeah, yeah, like the steeple. I think you know she's just kind of reminding you that this is this is what she does. She's out there because this is these are her people, basically. Yeah. The other one that I
0: think is kind of funny because it's it's not necessarily my most favorite song on the album, but it's a good ballad song that's going to be perfect to sing in front of a live crowd, and that's uh, the last track on the album. Raise your horns. <laughs> yeah, I agree.
2: I wanted to draw attention to that track because. Um, Raise Your Horns is a piano ballad, which I think is it's one of the best songs in on the album to me. But also, I think it's hilarious to have a piano ballad that is like the concept of raising your horns is usually a statement is made like when one is about to rock out really hard. (laughs) Right. And instead, this is like the gentlest. Yeah, (laughs) it's powerful. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's not rocking out at all.
1: And so I think there's like a fun irony in there that exactly that kind of (laughs) works. Yeah, Agreed. So funny story. I actually just recently learned uh, what the raise your horns, like the devil horns means, you know, most people think it's like associated with devil's music and that, you know, it's, uh, it's supposed to be like, Oh, I'm I'm raising my horns because I'm worshiping the devil. When I listen to this music, that's actually not it at all. Uh, It was popularized by Randy, Roddy, James Dio. And he claimed that his Italian grandmother used it to ward off the evil eye, which is known, Italy is known as Malokia. I'm sorry, Malo Malo. I can't fucking pronounce it. So we're not going to do that. So Dio uses to begin using the sign after joining Black Sabbath. Um, And so apparently Ozzy Osbourne was rather known for using peace signs at concerts. And then uh, Dio, in an attempt to connect the fan, wanted a similar hand, hand gesture However, he didn't want to copy Ozzy Osbourne, so he used the sign his grandmother always made. And so the horns became famous at metal concerts soon after Black Sabbath's first tour with Dio, and it would be appropriated by heavy metal fans for years. And now it's just the sign that everybody is synonymous with uh, heavy metal music or rock music for, in general.
2: Yeah. So it originally was a sign to ward off spir- evil spirits. Evil, yeah, said? evil spirits. Okay. Yep. To
1: ward off the evil eye.
2: And now, now it just pretty much means it's time to rock. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
1: take that. That's better. I like it. Also funny side story. uh, Gene Simmons tried to claim that he's the one that attempted the devil horns, but he's not. Of course he did.
2: He would also probably try to copyright it so that he could get royalties every time somebody did it. Yeah. I'm sure (laughs) if he could, he would. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) so stop it gene uh gene <laughs> that was a good side track right there so, <laughs> so so we got raise your horns um we got the meaning of of the symbol and the quality of that track the the album closer there yes quality way to start this what else do we have here whatever what are you guys you already mentioned that you thought it was a step up from their last album uh, you're not the only people that that say that. Uh, I know Metal Injection gave this album a really good review and kind of, and said that it does it gets closer to the energy of their live performance.
0: Right. It. I was I was trying to listen, so I, I listened to the album and I was trying to pinpoint what made me like this album more than Vicious. And I I think it's mixed a little differently, which mm. is is good, but then it also most of the tracks, I mean, they're they're a heavy rock band, so it's kind of hard to say that you know their style changed a whole lot, but it's, it has a little bit of a, a heavier tone on this album than the other one.
1: I think that comes from her learning how to play guitar better. She's become a better soloist, and I think the mm. riffs in this album are better just because of that alone. One of the things that I personally picked out that, the reason why I like this album a lot more than the previous album is like, I love Lizzie Hale. She's a great singer, phenomenal singer, but I am, I, I can only take so much of her high pitch. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like other than back from the dead, which I mean, back from the dead is kind of an example of that where she, I mean, she hits it. She's pretty much high the whole song. And like, it's, it's, but it works for that song. But like, over an entire album it's it's a bit much to take and I think that Vicious just had a lot of that high pitched singing that I don't I, I this album doesn't have and I, other than Back From the Dead I, I can't particularly think of too many that are where she stays that high the entire song. Yeah. No, I
0: agree with you there. Um the other thing that I think is interesting with Back From the Dead versus some of their other albums is I know that a lot of the other albums use double or triple vocal tracks of Lizzie, but there's a handful of songs on here where it seems like it's layered like six, seven, eight
2: different times. I, I think one of those is my is the one that's probably my favorite track. But do, yeah. you, do you have do you have specific examples? Um,
1: the is it psycho crazy? You do have to remember that there are. I mean, almost everybody in this band sings. You know know, that it could be that all four of them are harmonizing on the song because I do know that RJ will sing and I am pretty sure the bassist sings. I'm not sure about Joe. I don't know if he sings. He does, I think, occasionally, but it'll just be harmony if he does. They're all listed as backing vocals, the entire band. Okay. so I mean, where and how
2: much I don't know, but.
0: Right. It is psycho crazy that I was that I was thinking of because it's it almost sounds like a, a girl band, like a like a. A girl group kind of thing
2: it's like harmonizing with ourselves and yes and layered on top of herself yeah okay i get that there's definitely some of that major like vocal layering on uh strange girl
1: Yeah. which is which is yes.
2: probably the song that i most enjoyed to be honest it was the first song this track three first one that really stood out to me and it had and it had a different sound to it and i think part of it was that yes and so and also just had a really cool like rhythm like intro to it and so I think RJ
0: had a lot more fun on this album compared to Vicious as well. I agree 100%.
2: <laughs> a lot of this album is definitely about sort of both the mental health element of living through the pandemic and yep. and then like getting back in the swing of things as you mentioned before. So, I'm sure like many of the bands we've discussed, they had a lot of pent-up energy and they were ready to they were ready to roll whenever they for, could finally get in the, you know, recording studio together again.
1: You know, I want to mention real quick just because I I love Hailstorm. I'm so happy that they are where they are as one of the biggest bands in in the rock industry right now, and slightly want to give ourselves kind of a pat on the back too because we've been playing this band since they came out with their first album, and we've been playing them on our show since then. But one of the things I absolutely love about this band is that she she just she gets it. She writes about anything everything she's very empowering and and she just has i don't know just like a a sixth sense almost when it comes to like rock and understanding like the just like what exactly we are there for and what it does to us yeah Uh,
0: she she has her finger on the pulse of
1: what's yeah exactly and i you know it's so unfortunate at the same time because like because she's a female, like it's, there's so many people that like don't even give them a chance because they're so chauvinist in their thoughts. Like it was the steeple. Um, somebody was commenting on the Octane group like, oh, you know, I love this song, Steeple. And of course, somebody makes the comment, I can't stand Lizzie Hale because all she writes about are ex boyfriends and blah blah blah. I was like, dude, name one song where she sings about an ex boyfriend. And of course, there was no (laughs) response because that's not what she sings about. Like, in fact, she doesn't have boyfriends. She's been with Joel for like 15 fucking years or some shit. So like that's one. So, And that's also funny, too, because like if you think about all the guys that write about ex-girlfriends and all their lost loves, like there's a whole band like called Nickelback that made a career out of the damn thing. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's just it's it's awesome to see where they are, even though they've had to deal with the chauvinist shit that they've dealt with. I agree.
2: Yeah, and and they and they definitely sing out against that. I mean, there is definitely some track, tracks on this album and throughout their discography that are, they're pretty much like, you know, you're not going to be silenced or, yeah, you know, yeah. held down just for being a woman or that kind of stuff. And so she's, this is clearly um, a person who, if you're going to give her flack, she's going to fire back in the songs. <laughs> not necessarily, right. like you said, in the romantic, like I'm talking about exes, but just talking about like the culture in general. That's what she's going for, yeah. and so I want to point out a cool little fact that I that's somewhat related in terms of just being proud of where this band is at. Uh, maybe we'll play trivia. Two questions. One: um, Hailstorm has the second most number one uh, U.S. mainstream rock tracks of any female fronted band. First of all, how many would you say they have without looking?
1: Number like number one
2: tracks or singles. Number yeah. They hit number one on the US mainstream rock tracks. Hmm. They have a certain number, and there's one other band that has one more than them as of right now.
1: I wanna say eight to ten. You're a little bit little bit
2: generous, but oh. they do have quite a few still.
0: My my guess was gonna be six.
2: They have six. The record currently is seven. Okay. And it's held by another band that we talked about. Fleetwood Mac. And really love their album, oh. most recent album as well. <laughs> Female fronted female fronted band. Yeah, that's the category. Plush? Like, you can't. Be no, no. Number one on the mainstream rock. Well, I'll just tell you. <laughs> yeah, Go for it. So the band that has the most with seven is the Pretty Reckless. Oh, uh, on mainstream rock. And that was because the album death by rock and roll had three. Had
0: so many. Yeah. yeah.
2: Death by rock and roll. And so it went and only love can save me. Now we're all on there. This album comes out and uh hailstorm has already added two with back from the dead and the steeple. Yeah. To their chart. So
1: if they release one more single and it goes number one, then we have a dead heat. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think if they do release strange girl, there's no doubt. Like that's probably one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be a winner. So yeah, little little fun thing there. These guys
2: are these guys are a big deal. And that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, um one thing that I wanted to kind of call attention to with Back, Back from the Dead as an album as a whole is they kind of took some I don't know if risk would be a good a good uh term for it, but they just they just changed up their style just enough to where it made it interesting and strange girl is definitely one of those as soon as dan played that on the way home from doing the radio show i was like oh this is awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: i think that would be the next choice for single if i were if i were picking it personally yeah i have to agree
1: so if you had to choose four or five tracks for a flavor of the week what would you choose
2: oh can we do can we can we collaborate on a flavor of the week and do i like we each approve a track kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah sure.
2: I like that.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll just go ahead and say strange girl, since that was one of my
1: favorites off the album. I like sticking with non-singles. So I'll go with wicked ways.
2: Ooh. All right. I'm going to go with a track that I, we haven't mentioned yet. And that is uh, the acoustic ballad track six, terrible things I think is one of the stronger songs on there. That's weird that two of my I think two of my three favorite tracks here are the ballads. But, yeah, I'm not usually that much of a of a ballad person, but they they really I feel like hit the nail. She's her it's just her voice, voice is just that darn good. You might want to check out
1: their previous album then, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, is The yeah. Last, yeah.
2: last one has no ballads, or it's all, about no, all ballads. It's, all. Ballads.
0: It's most it's mostly ballads.
2: Oh well, that's there we go. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I am happy to not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's just. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: but this this album has some very strong, strong songs all throughout it. So,
2: As of right now, do you think that this one will most likely make your end of the year list? We're about halfway through the year now, almost.
0: I can't imagine that this wouldn't make my list at this point.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling this will be top 10. Okay. All right. I don't know if it'd be higher than that in comparison to the stuff that's already come out and some other stuff that's lined up to come out. Right. But I do think, yeah, I definitely think it's top 10. Cause like the previous album was pretty high up there, I think on our list. And I do think this is a better album than that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, I think, I don't know if it'll make it for me, if I'm being honest, largely. So here's what I'm thinking of the Here's what I hear is the main strengths for one. Her voice is killer. She just has power and energy. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see how these would translate great live, which makes it all the more a bummer that point fest got canceled by weather.
1: Yeah. Cause they're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah. I fully believe that having not seen them live, she is, she has a presence. Yeah. She's <laughs> well, not, not just her. It's, it's the entire band. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Joe, Joe is a great guitarist, like the bassist. He does his thing. And then RJ is just, he's one of the best drummers out there. He, he's not only does he have a lot of fun, but he's just a great shows a showman. Like you, he, he draws attention to himself. Like he's for one, he has like these giant baseball bat drumsticks that he plays <laughs> like once a show <laughs> and, and, and they, you know, they make a, a point to make him a focus of their set um for a good yeah. like 10 to 20 minutes and he he takes it and he he fucking kills it every time too he's yeah honestly like i know lizzie's great and she's the reason why the band is where they are but like he's my favorite member of that band and he's got his like own <laughs> podcast or some shit like maybe we try to get him on he does show. he, does. Yeah, he, he does, does have his own podcast come on rj rj we need to talk <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to have you on buddy you already have your own setup come on yeah we know you do <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know, so so I think there's a lot of positives. For me, what I struggled with was feeling like I connected to what a lot of what she was saying because I think that she and I come from pretty different worldviews, and while i I like there being space for people to like wrestle with stuff and to push back against certain things in society and whatnot, there was a lot of that to me that more felt like she was just like yelling declarations of stuff, where I think I resonate more with like storytelling if this makes any sense to y'all yeah and so it was kind of like um earlier today i was thinking about the album and i compared it to captain marvel the movie <laughs> where i'm like i think that the heart and the message are in the right place but i'm having a difficulty connecting to the execution of it and feeling like it's like hitting the notes that i that make sense to me and so yeah. like on a personal level just from the messaging of what's going on it's a tough one for me and i don't It's not something that I see myself going back to very many of the tracks are on. There's definitely a a good uh, flavor of the week set in there. And I definitely would be interested to see them live still. Uh, But that's kind of where I'm at as far as like top 20. It's it's probably a not. And especially because there are so many other great similar bands out right now that are fighting. Not that it's like, oh, you can only have so many female fronted bands on your list as we proved last year. Like, they were pretty dominant.
0: <laughs> right. But yeah. I
2: look at like the Dorothy album, which I will, I think we'll get to another time that came out around the same time. And that one I connect with a lot better. And I think it has a very similar style. And Dorothy is a similarly charismatic front woman. And even they touched on some of the same themes. But for whatever reason, I just like those tracks more.
0: Well, and it, what's funny w- with that whole explanation that you just gave, that's kind of how I felt with Vicious. It's like it was hard for me to connect to the Mm. songs on that particular album and this album back from the dead you know with the pandemic and with uh social justice and other other types of of things yeah it kind of leans more into that which is easier
2: to connect to pretty sweet album cover too that that is true (laughs) Oh, the vicious was a pretty sweet album cover in its own right. It was weird, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, but I could kind of see the point they were probably trying to make with that, that art. Yeah. So these guys are a very purposeful band and I can, I can appreciate that. Um, I'm looking through their old album covers to see, I think they get better with each one, to be honest. <laughs> it's like the first hit their, their self title album. The hailstorm album is kind of goofy. They're like robots with people heads or something. It's bizarre, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) But anyway, we don't need to digress too far in that. We can stick to the topic at hand, which I think I feel like we've probably covered pretty well now.
1: Anybody got any final thoughts on this one? So the one thing I did want to mention is that we actually did play them for Flavor of the Week on the 15th of May, and we also played Bombshell and Brightside as tracks that were featured as part of Flavor of the Week. Nice. Yeah,
0: Brightside is another one of my favorites on the album as well
1: yeah i just wanted to throw out more tracks that were, might be uh worthy of listening to for sure yeah I, like i said earlier i
0: i don't know that i would necessarily say that there's a song on this album that is is bad like that i don't want to listen to kind of thing yeah i agree
2: and i want to know again it, going back particularly to to female fronted bands and kind of that whole thing Hailstorm has a set, a series of events lined up through July uh, throughout the Midwest that is them, the Pretty Reckless, the Warning, and Lilith Tsar. So they kind of just put together their own little all-star run for, <laughs> for a handful of dates out there. Nice. And and they, I mean, they did the big Evanescence tour last
1: year, didn't they? Yeah. like co-headline or something? Yeah, and Lilith yeah. Czar and Plush helped them... Uh with those with that tour as well. Yeah, no, she, she is, uh, one that is out there supporting all these female rockers and, and, and honestly, I can, you know, you can say that she's the reason why most of them are there now. I, you know, probably don't get me wrong. There are other great female rockers, Joan Jett, Stevie Nicks come to mind and, you know, all kinds of them. But, you know, in the last 10 years, somebody that's probably inspired most of these women to, to pick up an instrument is Lizzie Hale. Yeah.
2: And so let me correct myself because I want to make sure people are aware of this. Not just July. That tour actually goes through mid-August, and and beyond the uh, the Midwest as well. So wherever you're at, if you're in the U.S. and you're listening to this, it's uh it's out there. It's happening. Amphitheaters all over the country this summer. So we're gonna we're gonna approve that one. The itch recommends hitting that up and seeing these guys and a bunch of other great bands
1: with them. So let us know what you think on the social medias. Give us your top three tracks, the tracks you would choose for flavor of the week. And, or, you know, maybe uh, we didn't, maybe it's not your flavor at all. Who knows? <laughs> Give us some other flavor ideas. We're always looking for albums to check out. Just don't be chauvinist about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: So thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, raise your horns. If you
2: enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of
0: links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's
1: playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Raise your horns!